Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. We meet weekly at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. Man, you can tell that we're so over COVID by the amount of hugs we just gave out right here, aren't you? Yeah? You guys glad to be at church this morning? Uh, Just as we're transitioning here a little bit, as uh, some of you are still settling down, I want to remind you of uh, a thing that we're doing. Uh, You saw it uh, the last few weeks. We kind of snuck it in here, but for Hope Pregnancy Center, uh, we have these little baby bottles. And for your convenience, because so many of you are doing uh, less change, you're using less coins, uh, they have smaller bottles, all right? But that doesn't mean they have a smaller expectation. And uh, this is one of the things I want you to be reminded of. We partner with a lot of different groups inside the city around uh, this place. And this place in particular has been at times a silent witness, at times a vocal witness, but always highlighting the preciousness of life. Amen? It says on there, God's gift, this is your gift uh, to them, uh, but they use this money. Uh, This fundraiser is one of the primary ways that they use to impact our community. Uh, And we've said this every single year. Um, We hand these out. A lot of other churches are doing this. It's not a contest, but at Salem Heights, we know this phrase, right? It's not a contest, but if it was, we'd win. Each year they've sent us a letter and uh, we've, uh, if not been the top church, one of the top churches, let's just keep the trend going because uh, that faithful witness, just go search your couches, your cars, and your heart and find out what you can put inside this little bottle. Um, I want you to do something this morning as I'm introducing these two groups. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't put the, uh, the verses up on the screen, but... I know many of you have paper Bibles or access to a cell phone or an iPad or your neighbors. Just tell them to turn off whatever they're looking on Wikipedia and tune into the church for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I want you to have uh, your Bible open there. Put a finger in that place. And uh, also Ezekiel chapter 16, we'll be looking at verse 48. So however you do that electronically, I'm uh, not even sure how that would work, but be ready to just catch us in these two passages. I want to make two observations uh, for this reason. We have two separate groups coming up here that serve the same Savior. But it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it's a passage sometimes that we like to rush over. Uh, We don't live in a society right now that likes this verse. We, in our own hearts and minds as believers, sometimes read this passage and we begin to argue with ourselves or argue with somebody on the street. I just want us to hear it and know that it's in the Bible and then ask yourselves, what would God have us do about it? Chapter 6, verse 9. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom? of God. Let's just pause right there for a moment. How in your heart do you read that sentence? Is it angry? Is it looking at the list? There's a list that's about to come up here. But if you read that with an angry voice, you're not reading it with the voice that it was written in. This is somebody looking at a group of believers and he's saying to them, you should know better. 
When you are out in society and you are living your life, as you go about what you are doing, you are supposed to see the world as in need of a Savior. And when you act like the world, when you treat each other poorly, when you do things that you know you shouldn't be doing, you've turned the light off and you've begun to focus on yourself. And he says, grabbing them by the shoulders, don't you know that there's people around you who are never going to experience the goodness of God because your light You're the one that was assigned to be in their presence. Your light is off. Don't you know that? God loves these folks. By the way, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? It's not that God's kingdom is not being offered to them. There are certain sins on this list, and this is what you will say if you are participating in these things. You will say, God, I want to take this with me. I want this to be a part of my life. I want to serve you and this too. And God says, no, serve me alone. Serve me alone. And they say, I don't want your kingdom if I can't bring this along. That's what it's saying. It's not saying that God's not offering it to them. It's saying they will not receive it. Grace has been delivered to the door and they say, well, can I do this as well? He says, no, this is a gift to you, a free gift, entry into heaven. I've got this relationship planned for you. And they say, no. Well, who's on that list? Who's saying no? Don't be deceived. In other words, this is an area where we're going to willingly play games. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, males who have sex with males or thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people. Or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. Remember, they'll push it out and say, if I can't bring this with me, I won't go. And some of you used to be like this. But you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. In other words, you are no longer identified by what you did. You are identified in him. Now, I just want a visual thing. One of the things we have forgotten as a church, Big C, not Salem Heights, but as a church, Big C, we have forgotten that phrase, such were some of you. So this is what I want you to do this morning as just a visual picture. If you personally have chronically participated in things on that list, that is part of your history or your current battle. If you have a husband or wife who is on that list, a mom or a dad, a brother or a sister, an aunt or an uncle, a first cousin with whom you are close, if you find just, I'm talking family here, that you've been personally impacted by somebody who is caught in addiction, I want you with boldness to just stand right now. That's you. Okay, people, just take a moment and take this in. Look look at this room. I want to pause and I want to say, what would you think of a church that had no program to help you? Such were some of you. Have you forgotten that? Let's just pause right there. You may take your seats. Making sure that we have a passion for those who are trapped in brokenness is a sign that the grace of God has penetrated your heart. 
Not just that it's being offered to them. By the way, you don't offer grace to somebody angrily, right? <laughs> you need to change. <laughs> That's not how you respond. Remember this room and how many were standing. That should break your heart if you have no program to help those who are trapped in the same things you were trapped in. I want you to hear one other thing. Different ministry, same God. This is the heart. Ezekiel. Chapter 16, God is in the middle of a a series of statements, and we could really preach all morning on this, to a land that is decadent. In other words, they have achieved prosperity. They have comfortable homes. They have all the food that they need. They have amazing, luxurious outfits to wear. Their men and women have the finest robes and garments. They've got chariots on their street. They have fine horses from Egypt. Milk and honey and wine and list it. It's all flowing in Israel. And God says the only reason that is all happening is because of my hand of protection. And he is working them through a series of statements where he says, you've taken my goodness to you and you've used it for your own licentiousness and you have begun to break down boundaries and you've begun to worship other gods and worship pleasure rather than worship me. And he's telling them, don't you remember that I found you in the dirt, in the desert, and I set you free, but now you worship somebody else because these pleasures have driven you away from me. But I want you to hear this passage because of the intensity of this chapter. Sometimes even we as believers skip over it in our devotional reading. It's not one of the passages that I see somebody say, hey, this is my life verse. I've never seen it on anybody's wall. But it says this in verse 48, it says, as I live. By the way, this is from the living God who says, who has to remind this decadent society, I'm not dead. I haven't disappeared. It says, this is the declaration of the Lord God. Your sister Sodom and her daughters have not behaved as you and your daughters have. Now, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Now, pause before you read on. In your mind, what do you think God's about to say? How do you fill in the blank? What is it that caused Sodom to be destroyed? What do you think? This is God's judgment. He's actually saying, this is what I wrote in. God's not a liar. He's saying, this is the final judgment. This is what I have said. Your sister Sodom and her daughters have not behaved as you have. Now this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, plenty of food, comfortable security, but they didn't support the poor and the needy. Did you expect that? They did not support the poor and the needy. They were haughty. And did detestable acts before me, so I removed them when I saw this. The final stage of a decadent society is when God's people ignore, or when God's people grow tired of the poor and the needy. That's the final stage. This is when we see God uproot a nation and remove it. This is when we see God shake his people 
and remove their pleasures, their pride, and their stuff that they've grown attached to? Is it possible in our news cycle that we will hear about problems with the poor and the needy? And listed as problems, people have become problems. One of the first things that unbelievers noticed about believers was that they took care of the poor and the needy. They took care of those that were dying and sick. They took care of them as if they were their own family. And it impacted pagans and caused Christianity to run wild across Rome and around the world. And now, when you become a decadent society, you many times will hear Christians saying, what are we going to do about that? And with an upturned nose or an irritated voice, they will reject the needs of the poor and needy or they have some high-minded way to take care of it so it does not afflict their location. God has called us to love the poor and the needy. Now, I'm not going to ask you to stand if you've been in poverty. Sometimes our culture just heaps shame and I don't want you to be concerned about that, but I do want you to know that sitting in this auditorium this morning are those who are here only by the grace of God and the kindness of a believer. Coming off of the street and out of brokenness, invited into the arms of a loving God by loving people who saw them. And that's an important thing. Amen? Amen. So we're here this morning to meet to thank and to hear from two separate ministries that take care of these issues that I've just brought before you this morning, all right? So I'm gonna ask Pastor Matt McCollin to come up and introduce uh, Be Bold and Most Excellent Way Ministries. So let's give him a hand as he comes up here. And Matt, I'd love you to introduce your team and have them yes. join us on stage. Yes. So, man, what a blessing to be with you all, right? And we just came off of doing our Most Excellent Way National Conference in this room yesterday, live fed it out to the nation. And so this is one of the reasons that I'm going to introduce uh, Rick McClung. Rick and Vicki are here. Many of you were praying for Rick as God, God spared his life here about a year ago. Rick, you want to come up? He's pastor of the Most Excellent Way. He's also pastor of Panama, First Baptist Panama City. And many of you were praying for this man. As he was battling, as, as uh, you know, a blood clot through your leg and all kinds of things that sent you to a real close, close, close relationship, which you already had, but it got closer, didn't it? it, got closer. it got closer. With our Savior. Yeah. So we're going to have him up here with us. So I'm going to have you, if you could, Rick, we'll put you back where you were yesterday, back at this side, over this way. Yeah. Oh, you want to go out that way? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're thankful that he's here. So he's going to help represent most excellent way. So when... When I was handed the most excellent way back in June of 2020 by Judy Wright as she was dying of lung cancer, the most excellent way national ministry here, she had already talked to him about taking it. He's in, I don't know how many, it's a lot of, we'll let you, a lot of jails and prisons and he's doing most excellent way at First Baptist Panama City. He's a busy dude. And so he and I talked on the phone and he said, Matt, whatever you need. And here we are. Um, but man, we're doing this thing together um, with many others. Okay, so he's here, but I'm going to bring up... Um, my wife, and she's doing this thing right alongside me with the most excellent way. And so, um, you know, you can applaud her too because she's going to feel really bad. 
She's leading family and friends. So what Lori does is she leads the family and friends part of the most excellent way. And what family and friends is, it's a ministry to you all and to those that are coming in saying, I don't, I don't, I need help to know how to support my loved one or my friend that's in addiction. I don't know what to do. So that's a part of the most excellent way and it's growing. And so just know that we'll talk more about that. And I'm going to introduce Matt and Anna Macera as they would come up. Now, Matt and Anna are on our staff for the most excellent way, but Matt Macera started Be Bold Street Ministry a lot of years ago after God got a hold of his heart. And we're going to have the two of you back in that same spot you were yesterday with the crew. And, you know, I'm knowing this young man since he pulled a knife on me back in high school. All right. So... Man, God, thank you. And so they're on our staff for the most excellent way, but they're, they're here to represent Be Bold Street Ministries because they've been, they've been doing the highways and byways. And so we're putting you, you two together, and then we're, we're going to bring up Josh and Carly Lair, who are also on the staff for the most excellent way, but are also leading in Be Bold Street Ministry, right? Knowing them quite a few years. The day we started Be Bold was... A couple weeks after he and I reunited Josh, after he got out of the Oregon State Penitentiary, we were starting Be Bold, or we were starting Most Excellent Way Ministry in two weeks. This was back in 2012. He showed up at our men's breakfast and has been right there with us since 2012, and they now are leading. And then she started coming into the Most Excellent Way back in 2012, as she had been trapped in addiction, came to just cry out to God. And so she came. God's been growing them, right? And then there was something there that wasn't there before. And the next thing you know, Beauty and the Beast, and I got to do their premarital, and here we are. So we're thankful for you both being here. So as we uh, get settled here, Matt, what I'd love for you guys to do, we have two different ministries that are represented here, like we said, same Savior, uh, but slightly different emphasis. I'd love for you guys to share what's a key verse that's kind of been in the two different ministries. What ministry are you here representing? Um, what is a key verse and what are the key clientele, for lack of a better term, the, the people that you're trying to target and help um, in your ministry? So let's start with Rick McClung. You've been doing, I mean, serving the most excellent way for 20 years? It'll be 20 years this February. 20 years this February. Yeah. Thankful for that. So when you, when you hear that question, Rick, what's a, what's a key verse or passage? I would say um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all mm -hmm. things are become new. Which obviously tells you and I that we are not, if I was a drug addict and alcoholic, and I was, uh, that it's impossible for me to be what I was if I'm a new creation in Christ. Amen. And so that's my position in Christ, and, and that's where we go from there in our new life. Out with the yeah. old, in with the new. There you go. How about we awesome. go down here to Matt Macera? A, a key verse or passage that has been a part of Be Bold Street Ministry since the beginning for you. Yeah, from the beginning. I mean, there's so many, but for sure I have one. Um, it is, I know Josh is going to share, Matthew, as well, but uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations while baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that he has taught us while knowing and lo, he is with us until the end of the age. And our target population is God's. All. There it is. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 
And ladies, you can share too if there's a verse, but I mean, the bottom line is we want to hear from all you as we do this. Uh, Josh, was there something that was on your mind? Carly, Anna, Lori? This is be bold and, and most excellent way, all blended here, right? Yeah, another driving motivating factor from scripture for be bold and, and the most excellent way would definitely be, you know, whatever you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. You know, Christ lays it out really clear on what that looks like to the point that the disciples asked the question, Lord, when did we do these things? And Christ's answer to them was, whatever you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. You and so to really to take that, that focus of like, seeing people, all human beings, through his lens, not through our own, which really helps eliminate a lot of, you know, preconceived ideas, and uh, it, it's just a huge blessing for us. There you go. I love this because ultimately, as we share scripture, and my wife is getting poised, here we go. <laughs> Are you going to share a verse with them all? Yeah, I actually have two that I, can I share two? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually a lot more. But um, I think uh, one of the things that we uh, encourage friends and family with is that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ, Philippians 1.6. And to remind them that we're all works in progress, remember where we came from, uh, because we needed Christ. You know, whether we, friends and family, have been in addiction, we get addicted to different kinds of things too, you know, like maybe even anger or fear or worry mm. or... Yeah. Um, control, you know, being controlling because we're trying to control the chaos that addiction brings into our, our family. And so, um, but to, to do that, to remember that God's not finished with any of us yet. We're all on a, a, a place in the timeline in our maturity in Christ. Uh, it starts with coming to Christ. And then um, to be, do be salt and light for, for the addict and that we, to let your light so shine before men that they would um, see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I love, I love those verses, but we use a lot of verses. <laughs> That was the That's best great. one. Yeah. So I have one as well. For every Monday night, we go over many scriptures. Um, we tell the ladies jokingly, and I'm sure the men hear it too, that if you come here on a Monday night and we don't get into the Word of God, run. You're not in the right place. Um, but we always go over Matthew 6:33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I love that because it's upside down. I was trying to, you know, get all this stuff figured out first before I could come to Him, and He uh, abolishes that thought. He says, "No, come to Me, Me first. All of this will be taken care of." Will you trust yeah. them. That's good news. Yeah, that's right there, awesome. Yeah. All right. Anna, do you have a verse, a key verse, or a passage? Absolutely. There's so many verses, um, you know, but for me, you know, as I know for Be Bold and Through the Most Excellent Way, you know, the only answer is Jesus, right? And so everything pertaining to life and godliness is right here in this book, and that's what the Word says. And, um, you know, when you're fully committed and you actually, you know, decide to make that choice, you know, to uh, practically apply this Bible to our lives, right, you know, everything changes. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening in Be Bold and in the most excellent way, for right. sure. Love it. Yeah, that's really cool. So as you all heard that, now the most excellent way, here, here's the thing about the most excellent way, we're not a homeless ministry. No. Most excellent way is to help people come out of addiction, right? So Titus 3, 3 through 8 says, this is all of us. Titus 3, 3 through 8 says this, for we all ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, he saved us. 
Not by works of righteousness we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Now, I can keep going with that, but here's the bottom line. That's for all of us. So that, pa- that passage, Titus 3, 3 through 8, has driven us because we have all locks of life coming into the most excellent way. And then what happens is God, God sovereignly saves people who have a heart then and a calling to go to the highways and the byways, the hedges. And, and, and he's driven us towards seeing people set free. So, you know, isn't it awesome that right off of everybody's tongue, there's passages because the word of God never comes back void. I think it's, uh, I think it's powerful. I'm thankful, too, to listen to these voices. I'm also impacted. I don't know if you noticed this. We have clear voices, men and women. Are you thankful to see uh, both genders involved? Are you thankful to see um, guys where, I'm just going to remind by the, the Be Bold guys, uh, you got to speak up just a little bit because you're so nice now. It doesn't carry. So, uh, but are you thankful to see uh, submitted uh, men and women couples, uh, but also scripturally driven folks doing real work? Yeah, yeah doing real work. They're tireless. And it's, uh, it's super impactful to me. So I'm proud of you guys and thankful to know you. Uh, Matt, just a last wrap up on that. You and I were talking about what, what actually... Um, has been consistent ever since the fall. And so, yeah, what, when you think about why we're doing this, why, why these ministries? We were, we were having breakfast and talking about the conference and talking about this morning with you all. And what we began to discuss was, you know that in the garden, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life started right there. Yeah. And within the first four humans, a murderer came out. And God came to Cain and said, Cain, why is your face fallen? Why are you downcast? If you'll do what I say, won't I bless you also? But Cain, sin is crouching at the door, and it seeks to devour you. Hmm. It wants to own you. It wants to take mastery over you. You, 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 need, to, you need to learn how to let God have mastery in, our, in your life. Yeah. And I think that's where it has been going on since the first four humans. Yeah. What we're watching unfold in our nation and the unraveling and the unraveling around the world, this has been going on since Cain. So, yeah, like that. Yeah, ever since the garden, I think uh, one of the things you had said there was Jesus came to reverse the curse. We're just here to announce the effect. That's right. Romans chapter yeah, 5. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Romans he came to revive. So. What Adam brought, Jesus is yeah. to reverse it, and we're here to proclaim that. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Uh, I'll let you distribute to who uh, this question should land on, but who do you hope people are, um, or what do you hope people are impacted by when they see your ministry at work? And and Rick, I'd love to start with you too, because again, you've been doing this for 20 years and you're across the nation. And isn't it awesome to know that there's ministers across the nation that are so like-hearted, so like-minded with us, it's like God's through it, right? (laughs) So Rick, will you, when you hear that, you know, what do you want people to know about our ministry? We want, we want to be a conduit uh, to Christ. You know, we want to point people to him and, and, um, and not be so, um, and not create codependency where it appears that we have all the answers. God does. We don't. Yeah. We share what we know, what we've learned uh, from the word of God, and most importantly, uh, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And can I throw out another verse? Is yeah, it okay? Please do. Okay. John eight thirty six. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 14, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. 
And so that's our position in Christ. And we want people to know uh, that coming out of that and, and this, what we, um, the, the areas that we serve and the places that we serve um, can be commonly referred to accurately as a culture. Yeah. So we come out of a culture where it, it is also, um, uh, there's an identity attached to that culture. And now that we are in Christ, we have a new identity. Amen. We are not products of our own environment. Now we are products of a new environment. They want them to see that they're not who they were. Now they're who they are. Now live like you are. Amen. All right. Yeah. How about really good. down there? Um, Matt, when you, when you think of, you know, what do you hope people, you know, what the focus of, for, to share with them the focus of your ministry in Be Bold? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I have a scripture here. There's really so many um, that motivate our hearts and, and what the Lord has us being about. But for sure, Second Peter 3, verse 8, But do not let this one fact escape you, escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And there is no sin that excludes somebody from all. There were a bunch mentioned earlier by Pastor Justin, and so that totally motivates our hearts, and we know that it all starts with the gospel. It's belief. You know, there. It, it, how do you disciple somebody to be a follower of Christ outside of faith? It, well, it's it doesn't happen. So um, there's so much. But this, for sure, um, shares our focus on God's target population um, is his. And this is the desires of his heart, yeah. uh, which is the desire of ours because he's changed our desires to line up with what his is. Yeah, that's, that's so good. And again, if you didn't hear him earlier, when he says God's target population, he, catch this, all that's his target population. You know, yeah. That's what he's been saying. So every time you hear him say that, know what he's saying. It's for all. Josh, anything that you would share or one of the ladies that you would share, well, why this focus? What, you know, and then we'll keep rolling. Yeah. But. Yeah, so Pastor Matt, you, you brought up a, something that I think is really key and um, possibly a huge misconception with Be Bold is that we are not just a homeless uh, ministry. We Yes, we are Be Bold Street Ministries, but when we start talking about the streets and God's target population of all mankind, when we start our mornings doing street outreach downtown, uh, you go right up, you know, Court Street and um, Court and Commercial, Court and Liberty. What is right there? The courthouse, the district attorney's office. You walk right down the block and you have the equitable equitable building. And throughout our time, you also find people that struggle with, with houselessness. You find people that struggle with addiction. You find people that struggle with all kinds of things from all walks of life. And our daily purpose is to interact with every single one of them to share the good news of a risen Savior who makes his people whole. And in that process, it can take a person that struggles with working 120, 80 hours a week so that they can spend money on stupid things and, you know, neglect their family to the person that would love to just have a dollar to buy a donut to sustain them for a few hours. But our purpose is to get in front of every single person to share the good news of a risen Savior who makes his people whole. Amen. Wow. Amen. Well said. Yeah. I think one of the, the ways that really stood out to me, uh, we were at a men's breakfast just a short while ago, and um, 
we're, we're getting ready to pray um, as Matt is, we're praying for Matt as he's getting ready to go into this next season and Most Excellent Way is going to be his primary focus and uh, we're thankful for that transition. We had a whole group of guys there, but as we're gathering around, Josh has on his phone and these guys get, get these calls. Now, I've, I've never been interrupted at church or at a prayer time by a senator, a police chief, or uh, somebody that has, carries a lot of weight in our society. I've never, they, they know I probably don't return phone calls all that well anyway, but uh, they don't ping me, all right? But as we're sitting there, uh, we, we, these guys are getting um, lit up on their phone by, this one was, uh, I believe it was a senator uh, that, that sends you a note and just says, hey, I'm looking forward to talking with you. And so, yeah, People on the street are looking forward to talking to these guys because they've got answers for them. But we got people in every level of government and, uh, and with our police that are not only wanting to talk with you guys, but respecting what God is doing through you in our city. It really is. At every single level, the least, the last, and the lost, you guys are looking for all of these folks. And it's a beautiful thing. Super important you yeah. hear that. Because I was sitting next to him at that breakfast. And who was it that pinged you that morning? Senator Tim Knopp. Yeah. Okay. And then we got a picture. Yeah. Last Yesterday we showed at the Most Excellent Way National Conference of them with, which senator was that, Matt? Senator Kim Thatcher. She called when we were in staff time, called my phone, or had one of the folks that works for her. Many of you would never have thought about that as be, even being a possibility. Yeah. This is not, we are, we are it, so the Most Excellent Way is not a homeless ministry, though, boy, we got a lot of folks coming in that need, to meet, need help, right? But we've got business people all the way that are doing well. You'd never know they drink themselves to sleep. You'd never know that dude's watching porn at 3 a.m. and ruining his marriage. You'd never know. Hmm. But they're showing up saying, I need help on a Monday night or a Tuesday night or different things we do. But then you go to the highways and byways and guess who notices? Yeah. We have people in this culture that are in, that are in the police, city, county, state, national levels saying, what you're doing works for Be Bold Street Ministries. Would you come? I don't even know if I believe in what you believe in, but boy, when you show up, things change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what a gift. So we just have a, a few moments here, Matt. W would you guys give us one story that kind of connects both ministries, but one story where God did what only God can do? Oh, we can do that. <laughs> Let's start with Lori for a minute. Share with us what happened at the most excellent way, West Salem, uh, when we were on the campus there at West Salem Baptist. We do it every Tuesday night there at 7 p.m., by the way, just so you all know, men and women. Um, but Lori was leading the women and engage. Um, in West Salem, we combine the addiction victory with the friends and family or the family and friends group uh, because it's smaller out there. But we have a sweet lady that was bringing um, in ladies from the Salvation Army. And one of the ladies that came as we were, as I started to present, it, this is a Christ-centered addiction victory group and you know, let this mind be in you, with, which is also in Christ Jesus. And I, I had kind of started to say it's not a 12-step you know, program. It's a one step. Give your life to, to Christ and, and let, you know, he can do more with it than you can. And uh, I was sharing more things, but she stood up and was got very angry and threatened to beat me up or lay me flat on the, on the floor. And I, I've never in all of the time had anybody get so angry about Christ, um, you know, and understanding that this, this, you know, I just told her, I just stayed calm and just said, you know, I, 
you know, I care about you, and we're, you know, I thought you were here to get help, and we want to, you know, we're here to help you, and um, I don't get paid for doing this. This is just, I love the Lord, and I want, I care about you. This, you know, I'm here to help you have a changed life, and the, she was so angry, and, you know, she was standing up like she, you know, it was a little bit scary, but I just stayed calm. <laughs> the lady that brought her said, hey, let's go outside, and we're going to have a cigarette, and, and so then as they, you know, she goes, let's just get, you know, get you come down, uh, and so then I just took I just told the ladies that were in the group just because it was derailing the group. Let's just go to prayer for her right now. She's really hurting. And so we prayed for her. And I didn't know anything more what happened to her. And I always have wondered. But So Lori brought that story up yesterday at the conference, not knowing we were going to be doing this today. So she left, went outside for a smoke, but then she found the window where I was leading the men, and I had her husband in the men's side, and she's looking at me through the window like, hey, hey, come on, I'll beat you up. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? And the guy's going, "Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My wife is not doing well, okay? So so in that then, we, she ended up showing up at a, Two weeks later, she shows up in an evening service here. She got in a bus in an evening service here, and she walks. She goes, "You?" And I'm like, "Yeah, me." Hey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now pick it up. Yeah, we've known uh, Jeff and Naomi for years, so um, they were some of our unsheltered neighbors um, when when this moment took place, and um, so we share the gospel with them, right? They both say yes to the free gift of salvation because they were always part of God's target population. And so, uh, which is amazing because everything we do, we're sharing the gospel all day long. And um, and then we introduce them to Salem Housing Authority. So that was a two-month process. For, we introduced them at Cascade Gateway Park. And in two months... Yeah, I got it. And in two months, we were helping them move into their home, which is this day, this picture. We were helping them move into their home after introducing them. You know, so we're we're doing life with folks. That close proximity uh, relationship, um, and and it culminated there, and it just continues to go on. I've seen them a few weeks ago, and um, Naomi said, "I just because um, they haven't had contact since that moment." But she said, I need to get a hold of Pastor Matt and uh, Lori because I need to apologize um, for the sin that I committed against God and them. And they were on their way to Florida. So I'm trying to get, while they're in the airports, and it it didn't work out, but I was able to share. So I know that will still take place because we still see them. We still come alongside them. you know, wanting to get them plugged in to regular discipleship and continuing to share the word with them. And that's just one of um, more yeah. testimonies than... Uh, there you uh, go. It, it, we could do, yeah. honestly, we could do 100 right now. Uh, not, not, and that's with, not an exaggeration. Yeah, with And she looks effort. a lot different than she did the night that she came to most excellent. <laughs> yeah. <night. laughs> I'm sure... Uh, the same person. Yeah. So thank you, God, right? Yeah. But that's how this all, so she shows up, they, she gets prayed for, that's stuck. God, God said yes to the ladies praying for her that night. God said yes to that. You know, so as you're praying for these different things, one thing for us to all remember as we hear these stories is you keep praying. Because God's saying yes, and then let him have the timeline. He's really good at this. Yeah. I think that's one of the things as uh, we begin to talk about what, is, uh, what makes a real difference 
Uh, some of the concerns that we might have is how do we make sure we actually get set free from addiction? Well, we see pictures of that. One of the concerns that some have is how do we make sure that people are actually getting off the street? We're not just handing them a sandwich and leaving them there in their problems. Well, we see evidence of that. What is the, the way for us to really do something that would communicate Christ to the entire world, not just one specialty population or another? Well, we see evidences of that. But here are two ministries that are answering that call to remember such were some of you, and they're doing it well. So let's give them a hand this morning, and I want to thank you guys. Yeah. And that is it, to God be the glory. Yeah. Yeah, we want to praise God. Uh, it is really all for him and about him. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to dismiss you guys. Uh, Brendan's going to come up and close us. But where will you guys be if they want to say hi to you guys? We'll be up here at we'll, the front at the end uh, if people want to pray with you. Or... Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll be out there. We would love to talk to you. And, okay. and thank you all for praying for us. Thank you all for the come and serve with us. Yeah. And if in your heart right now you're saying, well, how could I serve in... Be Bold Street Ministry, or in the most yeah. excellent way, we will be out there. Will you please come? If you've got a strain going, I know the life God rescued me out of, and I just want to, I haven't known how to get connected yeah. with y'all. Good. Right out here. Right out there. All right. I'm going to pray. They're going to disappear miraculously to that area right over there. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to have uh, mornings and moments like this uh, where we see you on display. Uh, where we hear about how a risen Savior has been announced, but we can see real life change that accompanies that, a transformation that goes from the closet right straight to the throne of grace. Father, we praise you that uh, these men and women not only are doing their calling, but they're showing us how to fulfill a calling that some of us have in our own hearts, a desire to meet the needs of the broken, the poor, the needy, but also those who are hidden and trapped and look fine. Father, I pray that you would help us not to be uh, guilted into action, but to be encouraged to step up and do what the, your spirit has been laying on our hearts to do. Father, help us to follow suit, to join in, and also to praise you as we see results. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.